Hey guys, welcome back to Positive Impact with Andrew Schultz. This week I am continuing to take your questions. We had so many great questions last week that you guys submitted that we couldn't get to them all last week, so we're doing week number two of your questions. So I just want to acknowledge everybody again for the amazing questions and taking the time to send in your questions. So let's get right to it. Andrew, what is your toughest life challenge? My toughest life challenge, there's two things that really stand out. First thing was when I was 16 years old, my best friend, Carl Broderson, committed suicide. And not having the tools at such a young age, at age 16, you know, it was the same year my parents got divorced. And it was challenging. I didn't have the tools to deal with it. You know, I turned to alcohol. Just, I couldn't understand it. I didn't understand why. And, and I was just, it was a very challenging period. And Carl and I grew up playing baseball together. Our families were close. We always played on the same sports teams, same baseball teams. He was first baseman. I was second baseman. And just, that was my first experience with suicide. Unfortunately, it was not my last with other friends who committed suicide, but that was the same year my parents got a divorce and just, I was very confused and lost at 16 and um, still think about Carl every day. And that was really challenging. Also, I lost my nephew, Mason Schultz, to cancer a few years back and uh he had glioblastoma. He had a tumor wrapped in his spinal cord. It's the most aggressive, the worst kind of cancer you can have. Um, and it spread up to his brain. And that was really, um, you know, he was only 13 years old. And that was part of my downward spiral and seeing my nephew, remember his last night in the hospital together, he was on a lot of morphine, but uh, it was me and Mason and Reed, my other nephew, Mason's brother, and my brother Scott and his wife Nancy. And we sat around in the hospital room with Mason his last night back in Omaha and had an amazing night. Just, he was pain-free. He was acting like his old self. We were playing games and laughing and joking and something I'll never forget. And the next day he passed and um, I was on a flight back from Omaha to San Diego and my brother sent me a text when I landed, he had passed. And asking God why, I was, I was pissed at God. And, you know, they say it's better to be pissed at God because that means you still have a relationship with him. But Mason, in his short 
13 years, packed more life into uh, those 13 years than most people do in a lifetime. And his kindness and compassion and love, that's my purpose and my mission is to carry on Mason's legacy in everything I do. And I wear his ashes around my neck and um, I take him with me everywhere I go. And those are, those were two really tough things. And, you know, I was in my addiction during Mason's, you know, funeral and when he passed and that I was beat. I used to beat myself up and I was pretty hard on myself because I wasn't hundred percent present and sober and um, I've since forgiven myself and and just um, how I live my life every day. My, my, how I show up and live my life every day is the best way I can pay it forward and make it right and make sure his legacy lives on forever. And that's an awesome responsibility and opportunity that I have that my family has. Great question. Not the easiest to answer, but. All right. How many times a week, Andrew, should I practice yoga to obtain benefits, but having a tight schedule? All right. Um, my recommendation is three, at least three days a week, committing to a consistent yoga practice is a great start. If you can get to four days a week, I would highly and strongly encourage. I think for me, making that a priority in my life, no matter a tight schedule or not, even if you could make it 15 to 20 minutes on your yoga mat, four days a week versus three, I think you'll see incremental benefits. And just mindful movement, focusing on the breath, moving breath to movement on your mat. It's just, it's been a game changer for me over the last five years. You know, breathing into whatever we're going through. Our yoga practice always meets us where we're at. So, you know, I, I say yoga changed my life because when I step on my mat, I'm stuck with myself. I can't drink and drug and avoid and repress and stuff. I'm stuck with myself. So I have to breathe into whatever I get to breathe into whatever's going on. Five years later, I still have those challenges but the benefits of breathing into and leaning into that discomfort, that's where the magic happens. And, you know, getting your body to move, they say our issues are in our tissues. So we wear literally our life story, all the emotions and traumas and everything that happens to us, we wear at a cellular level in our body. And so to move our body, to release and let go and breathe into the things that we store and build up that manifests itself physically in inflammation, tension, tightness, dis-ease. That's why it's so important to, even if it's 15 to 20 minutes, five days a week versus four. But at least three to answer your question. And the benefits, you know, it's not a yoga practice. It's actually a breathing practice to, to get connected to our breath. You know, the first thing we do when we come into the world is we inhale, we take our first breath when we're born. The last thing we do before we die is we exhale, we take our last breath. 
Yet so many of us don't have a relationship with the one thing that gives us and sustains our life, and that's our breath. We can go without food, we can go without water for a few days, yet we cannot go without the breath. So getting, building and connecting to our breath, building a relationship with our breath, the mind-body-spirit connection, it starts one breath at a time. And that's why it's so important. The more you can do that, the more benefits you will see. Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and the, that muscle memory that you build, the more you practice yoga, you can start building upon and build a foundation and strengthen and get stronger. If you can work your way up to five days a week, that would be ideal and awesome, even if it's 20 minutes a day. <clears throat> Andrew, what is your favorite book? Hmm, I have a few of them. A couple of podcast episodes ago, I talked about uh, Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. I reread it and talked about how much I love that book. So Man's Search for Meaning, Game Changer, definitely top four. Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, definitely top three or four. So simple, The Four Agreements yet so profound. If there's one book I pick that I would recommend if I had to pick one book only, it would be The Four Agreements. Simple concepts, yet so profound. The Power of Story by Jim Lair. That's L as in Larry, O-E-H-R, Jim Lair. The Power of Story. He talks about the most important story is the story we tell ourselves to ourselves about ourselves. You know, the internal dialogue, the story, the narrative that we tell ourselves, and how limiting and damaging and negative that can be, or positive reframe, how transformational and positive that story can be. And Jim works with world renowned uh, athletes. Uh, tennis players, celebrities, and now he does um, leadership retreats for you know corporate executives. But yeah, power of story. Uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. That's been, you can't go wrong with that one. Um, Mark Manson's book I read last year, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F-U-C-K. The subtle art of not giving a F-U-C-K. Awesome book. Amazing book. That's definitely top four. He speaks in very layman terms, practical, easy to understand. The end of the book is amazing. So those are my favorite books. Uh, Andrew, what are your favorite movies? Uh, Top Gun, which I think we're going to have Top Gun 2 coming out soon, which I'm stoked about. Gladiator, top three. Star Wars, not all of them. Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. I'm old school. 
I still have, I think I still have my uh, Star Wars. Yes, I do. I still have my Star Wars sleepy, sleeping bag that I used to pee in all the time. I used to wet the bed and I used to pee in it. And my mom had to wash that thing so many times. I still have it. I can't believe it's still functional. <laughs> Godfather uh, 1 and 2. Not 3. Godfather 1 and 2. Top movies. Andrew, what are your favorite Netflix binges? Uh, okay. Definitely number one, Peaky Blinders. My man, Brendan Webb, who I used to work with, he turned me on to Peaky Blinders. It's amazing. Mafia, just watch it. If, you, if I had to pick one, Peaky Blinders, Netflix. Number two, Ozark. Just watch season three. Amazing, dark, awesome. Uh, I forgot the homeboy's name, lead actor. He's amazing. He's so talented. Uh, Breaking Bad and Narcos Mexico are a tied, I would say, tie for three. Um, great questions, by the way. Especially now, we have more time on our hands. Speaking of more time on our hands, Andrew, how are you handling COVID-19? Um, I'm going to read two quotes that I just posted on Instagram to answer this question. First quote, going back to a simpler life is not a step backwards. Second quote, in the rush to return to normal, let's use this time to consider which parts of normal are worth rushing back to. I'm handling COVID-19 very well. I'm a very positive person, optimistic. I see the opportunities. I see the blessings. I see the positives from this time. To reevaluate our values and what's truly most important in life. What a great time to slow down, to speed up. You know, with my coaching clients, one of the exercises that I do that is most beneficial and most impactful is a values exercise where there's four parts, four buckets, if you will, in our life, which everything boils down to. One is relationships. Number two is work, career, finances. Three is health and fitness. And four is spirituality. Everything in life boils down to one of those buckets. So using the values and assigning values that are most important to those four areas of life is a great exercise I would encourage everybody to do, even listening right now. Four areas of life, relationships, work slash career slash finances, health and fitness, and spirituality. Those four buckets, if you assign values to each of those buckets, and look at those values, and then look at your life right now, I would bet there would be some friction and tension 
because of what you're currently doing and what is most important to you with your values, there's a disconnect. I know there was for me when I did this exercise first. And for example, the work, finances, and career bucket, one of the the top values that I associate with that bucket is freedom. Freedom is very important to me. I used to be in the corporate world, for those of you that listen to this podcast, you know. I used to be in the corporate world. I did not have freedom. I had financial independence, yet I did not have freedom. I was making a lot of money, but I did not have freedom. I'd rather make less money and have more freedom. So freedom is very important to me. Thus, I'm doing the work that I'm doing now because freedom is so important. I'm a life coach. I teach yoga and meditation. I do yoga retreats. All these things allow me freedom. So to assign the values that are most important to you to each area of your life is a great time to do it now that COVID-19 is upon us and we have more time to evaluate what is most important. That's why I'm able to handle not just survive, but thrive. I'm meeting despair with hope, fear with faith, hate with love, resentment with forgiveness, and I'm meeting calamity with serenity because of all the work that I've done over the last five years, the personal development work, the mindfulness, the spirituality, working with my own coach, And so what a beautiful time to take advantage to evaluate what's most important in our life and to shed and let go of the things that no longer serve us, that don't bring us joy, that are holding us down, to let those go. Less is more. What a great time to declutter, let go, release the things that no longer serve us. Declutter, clean out. And I'm doing the blocking and tackling the basics like I talk to you guys about every week. The prayer, the meditation, the gratitude list, making my bed, taking a cold shower, mindful movement, which is yoga, connection with others, reaching out to five people via text message, audio message, FaceTime, letting them know that I love them and sending positive vibes out into the universe trying to find five different people every day to do that. To, sh- to, to inspire hope and positivity because people need it now more than ever. But doing the things that I've been doing, just doubling down on those things, that's why I'm able to thrive in this time. And I'm finding ways to be of service to others. I'm doing online yoga classes five days a week as a way to give back reaching out to more people. Andrew, what is the happiest day of your life? Andrew, what was the happiest or what is the happiest day of your life? Happiest day of my life. 
you know, there is a, this is a great question and I really thought hard about it. And my brother and I, we played college baseball together for one year. And it was the first time we ever had the opportunity to play together because he was older, four years older. And at Pittsburgh State University, where we both went to college, my sophomore year and his senior year, because he redshirted, we got to play baseball together on the same team. I played left field. He played third base. He hit fifth in the batting order. I hit sixth. And his senior year, my sophomore year, we won the conference championship in baseball. And it was the first conference championship in history that Pittsburgh State that we won. First time ever. And I remember hugging and crying with my brother on the team bus after we won. And my brother and I were not that close growing up. Yet in college, we lived together, just he and I. And we became best friends. And to live together to play third base and left field behind each other, to hit behind him in the batting order. You can see how special that is. Like to look back and cherish that time, just the synchronicity and the divine intervention that I see now that I never really thought about. It was so special. And our games were about five hours away from where our family lived. And my mom and dad, even though they were divorced, you know, they would separately drive and they would bring my grandparents and they always, they, they never missed a game. And the support and love and the camaraderie and the teamwork that we had, we weren't the most talented team, but we were the most closely knitted connected brotherhood of any team I've ever been on. We loved each other and I'll never forget that such a special time together. And we went on to, uh, we were one game away from the college world series. We got beat in the championship game of the regionals and it was just a storybook year and to get to have the opportunity to play with my brother next to him something I'll never forget. And that's when we became best friends and that's when we really became close. Andrew, what do you do for fun? Uh, well, you guys know Ralphie, my dog, my best friend, unconditional love. Going to the beach with him is our happy place. So we try to do that a couple times a week. That is fun for, for me. Anytime I get to spend with him, which the last couple of weeks with COVID-19 has been more of. Uh, I like to go to movies, the Sinopolis movie theaters. I like to go by myself and sit in the leather chairs. I haven't been able to do that the last couple of weeks, obviously, but that's my disconnection time to disconnect and just that's fun. Snow skiing. I just went, uh, I was in Mammoth uh, four weeks ago. Snow skiing is a love. 
Love doing yoga. I love to read. Making time for fun, very important. Hikes with friends. Just went uh, hiking with a buddy this morning. All right, Andrew, if you had the opportunity to have dinner with four friends from any time in the history of the world, who would you have dinner with and why? This is probably the, the coolest question I've ever received. Um, I would choose to have dinner with my grandfather on my dad's side. Why? Because I never got to meet him. He passed before I, before I was born. I would love to have dinner with Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson was the first black baseball player in the major leagues. He broke the color barrier and what he went through, him and his family, the sacrifices in the, the treatment, the abuse spit on like death threats, but he broke the barrier and he was the first uh, black player and he was a stud and I just would love to get his perspective on how he got through that time when there was so much hate against him and he didn't just thrive. I mean, he didn't survive. He thrived. Ronald Reagan is another one. He is, we both share the same birthday, February 6th. So that alone is cool, but like I'm fascinated with history and the Cold War and how we won the Cold War and everything, the tension in our country and with the uh, Soviets and like the Berlin Wall coming down, like him and Margaret Thatcher and the Pope and like how everybody came together and um, what a fascinating time. And then my fourth one, I don't know. I don't know. I would say somebody with humor that would lighten the mood a little bit, not have so much, so many serious pants and can have a, to be able to laugh, I think would be really important. And now that I think about it, um, I'll get back to you on that one. Let me think about that. Comedian. Oh, Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Oh my God. How could I forget? Chris Farley. He is my favorite comedian of all time. In college, we used to watch the best of Chris Farley from Saturday Night Live. If you guys have never seen those clips with David Spade and Adam Sandler, holy smokes. I'm glad I got to think about that and talk that one out with you guys. Chris Farley. Oh my God. A van down by the river. I live in a van down by the river. You don't use those papers for writing, but for rolling doobies. Like, <laughs> like Chris Farley, please Google and watch the YouTube, the old videos from Saturday Night Live with Chris Farley. Oh my gosh. You might pee your pants. Last question. Andrew, are you going to write a book? <laughs> Stay tuned. 
Stay tuned, my friends. If you think I should, let me know. Any suggestions on the book title, let me know. If you want to offer to be a ghost writer for me, let me know. I'm all ears. Great questions, guys. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I want to acknowledge everybody for those of you who submitted the questions. Awesome questions. It was fun. We laughed. We cried. Um, it's what this thing's all about every week, to be authentic and vulnerable and be real. That's why we started this podcast, to have a positive impact. And if it, this episode had a positive impact on you, please share it with as many people as possible. If you have not signed up for the podcast to receive them each and every week to be notified when I publish a new one, please sign up. Also, if you have not been to my website, andrewschultzyoga.com, A-N-D-R-E-W-S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, yoga.com. Sign up for my newsletters. Newsletters are going out. I'm uh, sending out inspiring messages. Be in the loop. Sign up to receive those. Go to my website. More awesomeness come into your inbox. I will not flood it with crap and junk, I promise. Until next time, guys, sending everybody lots of love, positive vibes, big hugs. Love you guys. Peace.